Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Thank you, Thomas R. Becker of ACO Radio. He's been one of the radio managers around the world and does a very good job of it out of Valdosta, Georgia. My name is Teresa J. Morris. I go by TJ because it's easier than Teresa. So today we're working with our magical metaphysics with uh, Dr. Richard Thomas Knight. He is uh, very well known around the world in other countries, and we have just scooped him up here on TJ Marcy Radio, and and we're really happy to have him volunteering to help train us and tonight with whatever we're going to be trained with. I'm not even sure, but I've got Marcy Cossage up here. Marcy's from Reno, Nevada, and she's a toner and helps uh, heal people. And today we have Angela of Oklahoma, and uh, she's going to try us out. She's former many, many years in radio, and uh, due to her life spiritual path, we may get to hear a little bit about her today and uh, how she found her way to this reality in 2021, because anybody that's here now, you're awesome, because you're supposed to be here. Awesome sauce, right? So, you know, think about what it's like, uh, all the things we've seen and done in our life, and I'm working with a lot of baby boomers now, and I've been asked to help promote and inspire and impassion them here for American Culture International Relations. So I'm really excited about today's show because each of us will work together on a magical metaphysical mystery tour, which I have no clue what we're creating. Everyone was asked to be here. We're volunteering our time. This is the game of life, and so we're going to share this together and uh, just see what each person does. So uh, I guess we'll start with me. I'm, uh, I told you my name. I'm in Gulf Breeze, Florida. I've been doing radio well. I started in college. I was Rip and Reed for sports. And then uh, back in the day before there was 24 Hours News in Birmingham, Alabama, where I was going to the University of Alabama, a friend of mine, Jim Pyburn, asked me to meet Ted Turner at Waffle House and about five other men, and uh, lo and behold, they were talking about a 24-hour radio station, and I just didn't cotton to that, uh, so I didn't make the cut. It just wasn't my forte. I was glad I got to be the only woman at the meeting, but uh, anyway, so that was the end of that radio life, and so I went on to be the mother and then went on into the Navy and did years in the Navy, and then I drove a truck coast to coast. And then I started doing events with my husband in Kentucky, and now I'm here in Gulf Breeze, Florida, and I'm really happy to be here. So that's sort of the, the skinny. As far as my intelligence uh, level, I was just told to say I was in the State Department. As far as my metaphysics, I've always studied. I was uh, born and died at the second grade and hepatitis and the worst kind uh, they said I got it at school, but they couldn't find anybody at school that had it. Then I died again when I had my fourth daughter, who is now passed, bless her heart, from cancer right here. That's how I wound up in Gulf Breeze taking care of her. But uh, I died then, and so I've been <laughs> second time around, we say. And then third time when my husband died, uh, May excuse me, December, I still don't even want to think about it because the sights come into my vision, which I know you as empaths can probably understand. 
but my husband died, but I died before him at the end of the bed and collapsed in the hallway. And eight people grabbed me up, took me down in the emergency room, tried to revive me, saw the men stand there. Clergy was called, asked my next kin. My, I looked down, I saw everybody came back over my head again, like I did with my last daughter. And they walked out of the room after I passed. And then I came back to it in 30 minutes and was live and talking and asked Dr. what it was that I have. He said, it's a rare thing. But he's he's never heard anybody to sit up and talk about it. So I went back upstairs, helped my husband, and then we went to ICU for him. He died. And we're going to talk about life and death, death and life, and life after life, and how you all feel about it because we are baby boomers. And uh, most of the people here will be between 60 and 80. Like I told you, that's the gap I'm asked to fill in. So now... I'm going to do pass the talking stick to Richard, and Richard can pass it to Angela while we're waiting on Marcy to see her email that she was invited today. Richard Thomas, <laughs> I did the best I could in a short amount of time, <laughs> less than five minutes. Your turn. All right. Well, uh, my name's Richard Knight, uh, formerly Richard Arnott. That's who I was at birth. Uh, my name was legally changed at the age of nine by the State Department and by other officials, including uh, uh, all kinds of different people. Anyway, um, I came in fully aware. Um, I had was born with 14 senses. I could speak upon arrival from my mother's womb. Uh, when the doctor spanked, his, spanked my butt, I grabbed his arm and said, do it again and I'll break it, which, of course, cleared the room immediately because they're saying, no, this is not supposed to happen this way. So anyway, uh, like my dear friend and co-host TJ I have also died um, I died when I was 14 uh, they believed that I had a burst appendix and it turned out to be Christmas tree mesentery a very very rare disease that basically when you ingest a seed or a pine needle when you're an infant um, it tends to it's supposed to pass right on through like any other waste would be but unfortunately it attached to the mesentery wall and so I was growing a tree inside of me and uh, so I was legally declared dead, and the nurse was putting a, putting a tag on my toe when I sat up in my body, and the doctor hadn't even sewed me clothes. And the nurse fainted and screamed, and another nurse was in the room, fortunately pushed me back down because my insides were starting to fall out. And she says, you know, let me hang on a second. Let me go get the doctor. So then the following day, I terrorized him because I had foreseen the entire surgery, and I knew for exact, for exact that they had taken a plum-shaped object out of me out of my physical self that had six tentacles. And if I had not had the surgery at that time, I probably would have died within a couple of days anyway, because one of the tentacles was only a few something millimeters away from my heart. So it would have actually attached to my heart and strangled my heart. So anyway, I went into the medical history books because that, up until that point, I think there had only been like 600 cases in the entirety of medical history. Some craziness like that anyway. But my life has been an up and down whirlwind journey. I've had all kinds of supernatural, paranormal, um, and undefinable events. Uh, I got hit by aliens when I was five years old, and they put a tracking device in my nasal passage, and they also put a tracking device in my etheric self. And it took uh, 35 years to get the physical one out of my nose, at which time the men in black took possession of it and whisked it away. And then um, it took basically 53 years to get the one out of my etheric self. Uh, with, the assist, with the assistance of an enlightened being who resides in Jordan, which is right next to Israel. Anyway, um, 
I love metaphysics. I have been a sponge on everything metaphysical and the occult since the ability to read, which is about age three. Um, I became a savant of languages at the age of five. I don't know if this was triggered from my abduction or not, or if it was just something on my life path that I had agreed to do. I've been spiritual, spiritually counseling. I have been a psychic channeler and a psychic intuitive. I've done paranormal investigations by the thousands. Uh, I have persons, and I also do uh, healing. I'm a Reiki grandmaster. Um, I'm also a master of the martial arts, and I'm also an ordained Eastern Orthodox Egyptian Coptic bishop, as well as having been an ordained minister since the age of 19. Uh, I have been visited by Christ and all this kind of good stuff, and he put me through the five tests of the mortal self, which basically is earth, earth, air, wind, and fire, and then he sealed my face spiritually with fire so that in turn no malevolent or evil entity can remain in my presence and, and get any kind of edge over me or what have you. I have done numerous battles with the dark side, and I am a, I am a professed and fully trained exorcist, um, and I just like, like help, helping people in every way, shape, or form. Uh, I've also had a legal career. Uh, I was a private investigator, civil criminal investigations for 45 years in 26 states. I've been both federal and state law enforcement, and I've also prior military. So that pretty much sums me up. I'm well-educated. I have four doctorates, one in theology, divinity, religious science, and tonight's topic, metaphysics, of all things. So that's where I'm coming from, and I pass the talking stick to Angela. My jaw off the floor. That that was quite impressive. Now, do you like to be called Dr. Thomas, or what do you like to go by? Uh, you can call me Pastor Rich. You can call me Rick. You can call as long as you don't call me late for dinner. I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was listening to the both of you. I, I have died also, ironically, but I was in labor. I died five times. I had a 36-hour mm. labor. Maybe some wow. women out there can identify with that. But I would go down the tunnel, and I would get so relaxed, and then I would come back, and I'm in labor. Let me tell you what a disappointment that was. I was so disappointed. Five times. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I've done major market radio in the 90s where I had my own psychic show on the Hot 97 in Atlanta, Georgia, one of the top ten radio stations in the nation. And I've had my hands full with my kids for, oh, the last 15 years. I believe my daughter, my youngest child, was abducted. She has conversion disorder. She has lots of different things um, that some children that are abducted have. I have not studied in detail on this. Um, I've worked as a medium, a psychic intuitive. I've worked with police departments. Not a whole bunch, but mostly in the the 90s and early 2000s on a few cases. And I've worked with Unsolved Mysteries in the past. I um, feel like I'm trying to come up with a resume here. I'm just an everyday person that loves to learn. And I hope there's people out there just like me that want to learn. Concluded. Wow. <laughs> Was that good enough? Uh, or? And and you were saying uh, you were dropping your jaw with me. I thought I thought your energy looked or sounded awful familiar because I'm here in South Georgia in Valdosta, about 40 minutes away from the Florida line, and I had heard 
uh, various psychics in Atlanta. Also, mm-hmm. uh, I had worked with uh, Gwendolyn M. Evans. I don't know if you know her or not, but she does stage plays and screenwriting and all that in Atlanta as well. Wow. And she and I were on the radio on Blog Talk for about three and a half years. And mm-hmm. um, and the, and spirituality was the main topic. And we would have call-in guests, and we would help them to resolve problems or, you know, just counsel them or whatever so that they could get past to wherever they were that was holding them back. And that's that's basically where I come from, but anyway. Um, so yes, your your energy is is very strong and very vibrant, very interesting. Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. It's good to take compliments. I think people struggle when they hear compliments about themselves, but it's good to hear and accept it. Thank you. They do, they do, and I'm I'm not sure exactly why, other than the fact that. Um, I don't think it's a lack of self-confidence, and I don't think it has anything to do with esteem. I think it's just it catches us off guard, maybe, and that's why we have a, a trouble accepting it or something. I'm not sure. We need more kindness, don't we? Yes, we do. I'm listening, and I, I'm amazed, Angela, that you, too, are like me. I was in labor, of course, but they had to take mm-hmm. my fourth daughter to send a previa, and I'd lost all the blood oh. in my body. So that's oh my goodness! I had the baby inside like you did. So I guess your baby made it. So uh, this is something you and I both lived through, and to tell about it on the other side. And folks, we are on the other side. And I have been very blessed to be what I think we are moving into the fifth. uh, You can say the fifth element, but (laughs) essence, right? The spirit, but. On the other side, when you dream, whether you're alive in this reality or you're in your dream state, that dream state for many as you're progressing with Mother Earth, Gaia, Sophia, I say Sophia because I've heard it said so many ways, but you know what I'm saying, this little dot spinning out there in the Milky Way galaxy, we're just a tiny little dot in the larger scheme of things. But while we're down here, we feel important and we've all got carbon-based units walking around with all the senses and you know we lose sight sometimes are some are looking for the fact that they know they are not uh, aware of their past lives or they have not uh, experienced life after death or near death experiences for some medical practitioners are out of body experiences even for those that know how to leave their body during meditation are some take uh, herbs or medicinal or any other ways to leave their body. But, you know, we don't have to do that. So we're not necessarily talking about the magical mystery tour of mushrooms or anything like that. But we do have Dr. Richard Allen Miller, which I'll give him a plug over in Oregon, very well-known author. So please uh, look at his books if you're interested in, in herbology or any of that, because he's a great muse, metaphysician, and magus for our Ascension Center organization, ACO Association, ACE Metaphysical Institute. Now, as we build our new 2021, uh, we're going to do it with people that feel like they are called to service for the God, Source, Monad, higher purpose, so we can all get our game of life together. And so you'll find that many, many people are being called to service at higher vibrations. And one thing Marcy Cossett shared with us was her level of uh, toning and how she could help us uh, with her skills. And I've had her on yesterday and thought it would be a good thing to 
further the conversation because we had so many people on the on the board yesterday. Tonight, not so much. So maybe our topic's not as famous out there uh, for all you listeners, but we are on Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, oh my gosh, Spotify, you name it. Uh, I make sure I pay distribution efforts to get it all out there on the ones that I haven't gone over and been able to sign up our live podcast for free. So there's a lot of people that hear us, plus I, I make sure that I don't even have to load it on my YouTubes, and I've got 20 to 30 account channels that go out there. So this will get out. And it will be shared. If you would like to join our group, uh, please let me or Richard know, uh, TJ Mars Agency. I didn't even put it in the description. I should uh, at gmail.com. We use Gmail. And uh, Question. the various topics of metaphysics. Now, you know, it's going to just depend on who we are and how we make this happen, especially since it's about synergy and serendipity. So, Angela, did you want to say something, anything about what you think today's topic? Or what, well, I had a felt? question. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your agency. What is your agency about? Or maybe I misheard you. Yeah, T.J. Morris Agency is my name, and I use that with my PayPal. But for many, many years after I got out of the government and then driving truck coast to coast and then did events, I just started my own individual as owning my own agent. And then what I do is I create domains and work with small businesses and people from like all to amplify. mostly like artists and authors. And okay. so started with events uh, like in Kentucky doing bluegrass events and working with musicians and vendors, oh, and chili cook off people <laughs> and uh, making events happen. So that's sort of what I have concentrated on was being the, the uh, agency behind events around the world, depending on what they're about, including in 2016, we did the Pyramid Conference that Marta Thomas has, and she's asked me on a spiritual level, I believe, to help uh, promote the Spiritual Society of India, and I got a call from her the other day because we haven't done any mm-hmm. Pyramid Conferences, but you know, now with COVID-19, all of our events UFO events, our whole life, all of them, even our, uh, we had a universal life went up north side. Anything to do with just about any gathering was pretty much shut down in 2020. So I'm having to start all over again, but I've always enjoyed doing radio, and I've been doing this particular brand, TJ Mars ET Radio, since June 2012. So we're coming on, this is our ninth year June. So, yeah, I'll probably be here, Angela. So, you know, it'd be great if you can get involved. And, you know, it's strictly for those that feel like they can get involved in, in my little agency of doing, uh, you know, media news broadcasting and domains and websites and helping them. I just help entrepreneurs and people that are in the, they speak their audiobooks. I listen to audiobooks at night by different people, not just famous people, but. You know, it's, there's so much for people to do now to plug in as an avatar into cyberspace culture. So I'm an advocate of the Internet because it's offered me so much since I don't know sure. how I would have existed. My mother, uh, I was using computers when I was uh, inside management for trucks uh, cross country. Uh, you've heard, may have heard today, Johnson Johnson with the president today on the podium about the 
COVID-19 and the uh, vaccines. Well, I used to pull a lot for Johnson Johnson, New Jersey to California, coast to coast. So that's uh, a good. That's a good company. It it really is. I mean, they've had their ups and downs, like any company, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, the the point is that going out there and doing that job coast to coast and entrusted with millions of dollars, and I worked for Microsoft pulling back and forth, but you learn a lot about people and what we need to make a country work and our railroad, our railroads and our trucking industry. You know, we're really dependent, especially in the needs of food, clothing, shelter, but even our uh, – <laughs> Toilet paper. <laughs> Carry toilet paper. <laughs> but I don't know what that's got to do with metaphysics, except that we are in need. But I think this is Marcy. Let me, I think I reckon. Marcy Kosich, is this you from California? No, I'm in Reno. I used to be in California. <laughs> you, my brain thinks you're in California. How could I do that when you know I love Reno? We've discussed the. Vegas, where Elvis Presley, I mean, the casino where Elvis Presley's uh, equipment was, and it's all gone, well, folks. So, my memories of how the world used to be is so sad. But, Marcy, introduce yourself. We have Angela of Oklahoma, and you know, Richard of Georgia. So, you're of Nevada. How do you say it? Nevada or Nevada? How, how do you say I, I don't that? know. I just say Reno. It's like Reno. Las Vegas is, is a long, lonely road in between Reno and Las Vegas. I drove there once with my kids, and it it just it's a whole different world than Las Vegas. Yeah, I've, I've driven Las Vegas to Reno many times in a big truck, so that's what that's experience. I'm not even sure what Angela asked me, but Angela's uh, from Oklahoma and spent many years in Atlanta, Georgia, on the big top ten. Uh, but uh, did you get to hear any of the radio show? Nothing yet thus far. Just tuning in, Marcy. Yeah, I just I just dialed in. I always usually dial in around two fifteen, two twenty, my time, okay. which is okay. four fifteen, four twenty, or five fifteen, five twenty your time. Okay, well, I always send you an email if you're invited the next day, but we'll talk about that later. So, Angela, this is Marcy Cossage of Reno, a very good friend of Richard Knight. So. Uh, I'll let you two get acquainted. Marcy, we need to get you to introduce yourself to everybody. So why don't you do that, and then I'll let you and Angie talk for a minute. So go ahead, Marcy. Tell everybody who you are and how you got to be on a magical metaphysics show with Richard T. Knight and TJ and Angela today. <laughs> Ta-da. Well, yeah, on, on many things, I'm Claire Audi and Claire Boyne and Claire Cini, and I do sound Reiki tones. I'm a medic intuitive. I do tones and tarot. I've incorporated all the different stuff that I've done with the last 40 years. I started out when I was 20 and just been working with masters and healings and just trying to keep it simple as <laughs> to who and what I am, but that, that's the basics of it. Okay. And Angela? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, give her I have a question for her. You talked about tones. Do you use minor second chords? No, I use my voice. And <sighs> like a friend of mine was an opera singer, is an opera singer, an ex friend of mine, 
And he was, he had on his piano, you're saying I was doing A sharp, this was like about a month ago or a month and a half ago, A sharp, A minus, F plus. I'm not a musician, but different musicians have looked at my tones. I do high frequency, low frequencies, and then mm-hmm. that releases the low carbon energy because sound healing has been around for thousands and thousands of years uh, all around the world. With if you go into these little Malta, India, Ireland, it's like the 432 hertz where the stones are, and that's what's supposed to heal us. Or 442. I always forget. Um, All right. And the usual megahertz is 440. You have a classic A. But I was really interested in what you had to say about the tones. I had a friend that I'm not in touch with right now, but. he did his doctorate, and it was the effect of sound on the mitochondria uh, of people that have diseases of the nervous system. That's like a simple way to say it. And my daughter yeah, diseases, who... Diseases are 75% emotional and mental. And so that's what happens with what I do is I transmute the lower carbon energy into crystalline wow. light energy. There is a... It's like on TED Talk, I forgot his name... But he studied cancer, and he did different tones, and he literally had a video of uh, cancer exploding as to, to um, 300 to 400 hertz, uh, 200, 300 to 400,000 hertz to explode the cancer. Uh-huh. Our body creates these diseases. Our body could destroy them if we know how. That's amazing. Now, for people that are listening, minor second chords in my world have a tendency to heal and help people connect with themselves again. That's what you hear in a draconian chant, a Buddhist chant, right, uh, some Native right. American songs, or there's um, minor second chords. Bob Marley said music can heal the world, and he was more right than he knew. Down to your molecular right. level, your mitochondria. If a child's listening or a young person's listening, if they've read Madeline La Ingle and A Swiftly Tilting Planet, A Wrinkle in Time, she talked about complex ideas in story yeah. form. You know, if right. you read the books, it talks about the mitochondria and the dance that they do. I mean, it's just amazing to me how everything connects. You are not the small person in the the universe or the world or your home. You're not a small person to the person that might be listening. You have value. I mean, you have so much love contained within you. It is just itching to get out. Okay, I'm concluded. Sorry, I went on. No, it's okay. I understand all that you're talking about. And I have my amazing. well, my tones are on my YouTube under Marcy Costas or Cosmic Cosmos, and people, it hits the serotonin part of the brain where it relaxes people, so it either puts yes. them to sleep or it relaxes. I don't use words. I don't use bowls. I don't use drums. I use my voice, and I also channel the masters where they come in with their high frequency, and then Ooh. they they dissipate the, the high energies that, that have been going on. They've had articles where stones, if people get together, they move stones. I see stones when I work on people, and I'll help move or dissipate that because it's a repressed energy. 
And the carbon energy is our, our lower energy of shame, fear, guilt, which is causes disease. And what happens is with the non-aerobic energy, which is non-oxygen, kind of like you put a seed in the ground, it dies unless it has the oxygen. So this allows more oxygen in your body to allow your body to heal itself, which is anaerobic. Well, that's great. I've been doing this now, you know, on different radio shows. I've been doing it on an international Skype. A lot of the people that I have that are on my, my is the psychologists, the therapists, their doctors. And as I've worked on, on Richard a lot and a little bit with TJ, they have felt it. Your body will start ascending, which is um, tingling, getting dizzy, more oxygen coming into your body. Yeah, she, she was able to, I was sitting here, I actually uh, had never had a toning, but, but because of my nervous system is damaged when I uh, was driving one of those big trucks and I broke my neck and my back and paid for oh, it. Nice. I still got up and delivered my load and all that, walking around with it because it just cracked the bones or whatever, but I now have titanium in my neck, so I'm a happy cyborg. But at the same time, my nervous system is very tingly, and I get pins and needles, and I never know when I'm going to sharp pain in one of my toes or my elbow or my neck or my shoulder. But uh, it, when she did this tone, folks, and I'm not making this up. I was laying here on my couch, which I am now because I very seldom stand up until I'm, I'm supposed to be in physical therapy because I've, since my daughter died, I've been you know in and out of bed basically, but what happened is her the vibration sent chills all over me like goosebumps first, but then it took my breath away and I I was uh, I went longer than supposed to for breathing and I had to cough and uh, couldn't catch my breath and then I uh, felt like I was had post nasal drip but it let a lot of the phlegm go, so there are reactions to her tones and. Uh, it really helped me. She did about three tones, at least two high and one low. And I can go, you know, like really, I can get really low because I'm a really old Buddha, Buddha type. <laughs> but uh, I can get really low. But she got uh, not as low as I did, but for her voice tone, that one helped my lower chakras. So what I've been doing since Marcy came into my reality is, uh, sometimes I, uh, it's been a short time, but I feel like I've known her forever. So I lay in my bed and I'll <laughs> now I'll tone and I feel the vibration in my lungs and my chest bones, but I'm learning how to vibrate myself. So we ought to have classes oh, on that. Yeah, it's really helping me, but I don't know. Uh, it may help a lot of people that have nervous system problems, but you know, I'm just saying now folks, you know, we're not, I don't know what all the rules are. I imagine Angela knows them more than I about what we can and can't say about helping others. But I was just telling you my personal experience or my testimony that yes. Martha did not ask for because I'm just getting to know Angela here. Okay. Okay. Somebody else's turn. Angela, what do you think of that? I like what you have to say. Uh, there's a thing called overtones, which you can do right. minor second chord with your voice. You can look that up on YouTube. Overtones. Uh, I'm not able to do it yet, but um, 
just listening to it is healing and relaxing. Um, you know, obviously, Angela? we can't give out medical advice, but these are things yeah, that have been know. helpful. And I say, I'm not a doctor. These are just my books are my experiences. And meditation. Yeah, it's it's meditation. It goes, it's all on the right side of the brain because when I work on people, it'll be like past child, past inner child, past lives, post traumatic stress disorder. And it it calms the body as to to get into where it can heal itself. There are some guides or masters behind me and they want to hit one note for you. Between your throat and your heart, it's like you have, you've had issues with expression. Or you want to say something and it's kind of a block. But then they're telling me that you have a lot to say or express, if that makes sense to you. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, I just, I always, I, I try to stay humble and I just always say, does that make sense? I don't like to come from ego saying, you know. Yeah, you just want to make sure you're on the right line. Right. You know, just out of respect to people as to what's going on. So I'm going to hit a note, or they're going to come through me because that's what they do is they channel through me because as we raise our vibrations, we get more higher and higher guides like school. And so as I work through it, and that's why they want me to do this and work with TJ and, and Richard. And Richard and I have been doing this for about four years together. Okay. How does that, that feel? That was effective. That was very effective. I could feel it going down more on my right side. Right. Right. And and I and I feel around your shoulder area, energies are opening up. And I'm hearing you scream. So the stuff that we're not allowed to express where everybody says, I'm fine, they're not fine. They just push it down, and then that's where more and more of the body breaks down. So something that happened to you, you're able to now scream and release that pain that you weren't allowed to do before or you didn't do. I hear you. I figured you would. Yeah, I actually do a lot of political moves. Within, okay. I have worked with the DNC, and you know, uh, some of my viewpoints are not well received. I've learned oh, to be quiet in world. my family, and right. I guess there's a lot of points. I, a spiritual person, um, I think our boundaries are different than others. But, right. um, my not I don't know if that's true. Years. Pardon? Well, it, it, my family hasn't talked to me for years, but usually the black sheep is the one that speaks the truth and they don't want to deal with it. And so <laughs> what I tell people is don't take their reality personally. And so that helps people take back their power and not get affected as to, oh, they don't like me or, you know, this or that. Because no matter what you do, they're going to find things wrong with you to, to um I forgot to validate their world and make their world. And that's why, you know, and that's why with people's cognitive distances, 
I don't deal with because the more you try to prove things, the more they're going to lie to create their world, their world, and make well, it like fear. their problem because they want is yours. What? Yeah, it's fear. You know, the opposite of peace right. is fear or conflict. The opposite is right. fear. I guess I right. said and that when wrong. Our body Richard probably say it much better. When our body contracts, it's in love. When our body is in fear, it it. When our body is in love, it expands. When our body is in fear, it contracts, which causes dis-ease. Well, that's ironic. I'm having to go through many tests, and I even had to take tests to see if I could take a CT scan because I'm having problems with organs. So uh, maybe it's being, I don't know what the right term is, Silenced. Silenced is a very good word. Right. And, and, and it's only and, for and a season, what, but it's really, it, it's very frustrating. No, it's inner child is past lives. It's a pile of different energies that eventually oh. the body breaks down. It's layers upon layers. Do you, you think know, this is past life issues that are affecting be. me now? Yeah, okay. it's a lot of times. I mean, this might have to do with more of a private session. Because I'd go in, but when I do the tones, it's a matter of I don't know what's going to come out. I will see past lives. I'll be inner child. It will be whatever the energy comes out that needs to be released. And so it's not linear; it's vibration. Mhm. That's what happens when I do healings on people. So it's not like I'm going to heal this this thing. Your body will release what it needs to, like it just screamed, you know. And and that's what they want to work on your expression on your throat because you've pushed things down and you have not expressed yourself. And everything's it's fine. Been a everything's that. What? It's been a difficult it's been a difficult life. Um I know I when understand. I look at other people's lives and right. we don't and know, I don't know why through why it happened this way, but I've tried to learn what I could and, and move on. Right. You know, I'm a very firm believer not living in the pain of yesterday because that, right. that really causes a lot of disease. And release. Well, you still need to acknowledge and release the pains that you had, the, the past lives, the inner child, the post-traumatic. And once you do that, there's, there's a really good book that I read called In Stroke of Insight. And she's a um, medical scientist. And what happened is her, her left side of her brain hemorrhaged. And um, I saw her on Oprah. And what happens is she ended up losing everything and then starting from scratch. And she wow. says our body goes into a neurological loop as to going in the same things over and over again. So that might be a good book for you to read. Because the name again? All the stuff... It's called a stroke of insight because she's a medical a stroke of insight that her brain hemorrhaged and wow. what she went through to get back into kind of like rebirthing herself or recreating herself as to what was Sounds going like on. It. She did. It's a fascinating book. And upon that note, I think we'll expand out and then I don't get them back. Well, Richard? Let us I was going to say, and on that note, let us expand our umbrella, since tonight is the wide array of metaphysics. And fortunately, right. those who are, those of us who are baby boomers, we have seen metaphysics basically transform itself 
at least three times to the present day. And it's not that the subject matters or the topics have changed. It's that the language in describing them have actually changed. So, I mean, you know, what used to be uh, deep meditation is now led into astral projection, which, of course, is a quieting of the mind and a focus that you can actually, you actually have the ability to go and visit and check on people um, around the world when you become concerned with them emotionally as far as their well-being is concerned. And, of course, you can also direct your astral projection to, you know, be anywhere that you specifically want to be. And then, of course, there are also interchanges on the astral plane itself, which is kind of like, um, I guess, the sixth dimension, basically, um, because basically you meet people that you've, you've known from the past, and sometimes you have, you know, lo- a long extended conversations together, and at other times you just, uh, it's a master-teacher relationship. And, of course, as we all know, we are all masters, we are all teachers, and we are also all students. Because in one minute, you're the teacher, and in the next minute, you're the student, because what you've said to the student also applies to you. So reverberation of thoughts and reverberation of what you're speaking has a great deal of intent and a great deal of emotion and impact with it. And so, therefore, you know, that also applies to the laws of manifestation. But anyway... um, so then you get into channeling and you get into mediumship and you get into uh, psychic abilities and you get into transformation and transmutation. And of course, uh, we also have uh, the Transcendental School of Meditation. We also have all kinds of different schools that have sprung up and a lot of them have ceased to be, but fortunately a great many left books behind that can still be read. But um, metaphysics is a very, very wide umbrella of all kinds of various topics. It covers anything that you would consider nowadays to be paranormal. Um, And of course, supernatural to some extent, although a metaphysician would not necessarily see channeling or mediumship or any of these kind of things actually paranormal. Rather, they would actually see them as, okay, they're ascending to their higher self and they are allowing other spirit entities to come through them and give advice or counsel people or perhaps pass on messages from the other side. Um, As far as the other side is concerned, I consider that to be the seventh dimension. Um, So basically, dimensionally, you're speaking, okay, we live in a 3D world, all right, which is, uh, you know, everything is 3D. In other words, it appears to be a completely solid. And then in turn, you go to the fourth dimension, and fourth dimension is basically where the mind begins to quiet itself, and you begin to have a state of peace, and a state, your inner reality begins to mean more to you than your outer reality. And then you transit from there to the fifth dimension. And the fifth dimension is kind of like um, you are allowing yourself, you have finally given yourself a, a state of permission, you could say, to be filled with joy, happiness, love, contentedness, and serenity. And this is the proper state that we're actually supposed to be in. We are never actually supposed to digress to 3D, but because of historical events, historical civilizations, cataclysms, and all of these kind of things, and even rulership to some extent, uh, man dwindled down into the third dimension, which, like I said, he was never actually supposed to be. He was supposed to always be in the fifth dimension and always supposed to remain there. So that in turn, the reality that we experienced was one of joy and happiness and serenity and you know a blissfulness because you were always in constant contact with the unconditional love of God. 
So then you transit past that to the sixth dimension. Sixth dimension is where most people would experience near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences sometimes and things of this nature. And, of course, now you start entering into the topic of shamanism because shamans basically create a trance-like state where they are able to go between the worlds and assist people in collecting various parts of themselves that have become disoriented and unjoined from the whole of their being. And that's a very large portion in the Native American tradition as well as several other South American traditions and things of this nature. So um, the sixth dimension is kind of like uh, where we get a second chance, in a manner of speaking, in regards to waking up to our reality and really starting to question things on a hardline basis. And then, of course, the seventh dimension is where we could say, well, you cross over the Rainbow Bridge or you go home because all your family and your loved ones who have passed before you have, in fact, come to greet you and receive you on a permanent basis, or you go before the eyes of God. Now, of course, from my opinion, in my opinion alone, humbly fascinated as it may be, um, I believe in a God that is absolute unconditional love that has no parameters in regards to being that we cannot understand the fullness of the consciousness that is expressed through, our, through that creative source. And as such, therefore, it is not a God that judge, judges in any way. It is not a God that invokes fear, and it by no means uh, would be biased or discriminatory in any concept or dominion. Um, so anyway, to my knowledge to date, there are approximately 28 dimensions. There could well be more than that, I'm sure. But at least... From my personal experience, I have experienced 28 dimensions. Uh, granted, some of them have been like short film clips. So in, in regards to metaphysics, of course, going back to things, you know, uh, it started out um, way back in the 20s and 40s, and basically medium camps were set up. And then, of course, there was the spirituality movement. And then, of course, you had the transcendent movement. And then you had all kinds of different movements that have come along and brought us up to where we are now till basically we are we, we are in an awareness that we need to awaken fully to become the full truth and the ourselves and so basically we're leaving alone or saying okay you know we have experienced life on the outside in 3d world and of course for the most part is usually quite a journey with lots of ups and downs and lots of all kinds of craziness and all kinds of tests and all kinds of challenges and all kinds of lessons to be learned but from the fifth dimension, of course, we would basically say, yes, okay, this is all fine and dandy, but it doesn't affect me. Why? Because if you are continually in a state of happiness or joy, which is what you experience when you come before the eyes of God, at least from my personal experience, again, but when you come into that unconditional love, you have such a bliss that, no, you do not want to come back here. You are absolutely reticent. You do not want to do anything that relates to where you have come from because you recognize all of a sudden that you are a divine multidimensional being that transits through numerous dimensions at any given point in time in your reality, and you also transit through many timelines. Now, of course, timelines are, are one of the new age or more uh, current thought lines in the fact being that, okay, you could say a person's life spreads out before them and they may have a half a dozen different timelines. In one timeline, maybe they go to school and they become well-educated. In another timeline, they may become a doctor. In another timeline, they may become a magician. 
In another timeline, they may become an actor or an actress. And in another timeline, they may be a theoretician or a physicist or something of that nature. And you see, all of these are possibilities that strand out in front of us. And it is up to our consciousness to choose what, is, what in fact we wish to experience. Now, of course, Sylvia Brown, who is a, uh, who's on the other side, as far as I know, um, I don't know that she's left the other side yet, but anyway, sometimes they tell you and sometimes they don't. But anyway, uh, she was a great spirit, and she was a very talented psychic medium, and she always used to go from things that we do what you would call a spiritual contract. So in other words, we actually sit with our guides and our seniors and our teachers and all these people around a big table on the other side, and there's a big, huge scroll upon the table, and they're saying, well, you know, do you want to experience this? And, of course, now you have to understand, from a purely spiritual, spirit-being perception, you think that you're invincible, that you can do anything in life, and it won't bother you in the life. It won't bother you in the least. So when we come into Earth itself, and, of course, we begin to check off all these challenges and all these lessons, all of a sudden we find ourselves in a whole different plane of existence Whereas back when we were signing this contract and saying, oh, yeah, sign me up for that, sign me up for this, sign me up for that, you know, from that perception, it was an invincibility factor. So, therefore, no matter what we chose to undertake, it would not stumble us because we're spirit beings. But then again, you see, you, you wind up the contract and it becomes what you would call your flowing plane of existence in regards to experiencing life and, therefore, in turn, uh, as these challenges and these setbacks and these emotional upheavals and these physical, uh, you know, become forward with us in the body, um, then in turn, you know, you experience all of this and you're saying, wait a minute, do I remember signing up for this? Because oftentimes that's the way that life throws you a Now, of course, moving on from that, because that's a, that's a principle of, looking at a specific perception of how we realize or how we understand 3D itself. Now, I'm not saying, uh, personally, I don't believe in either destiny or fate. Why? Because I know for a fact that both of them can be changed, simply because I've changed both of mine several times. Okay? And that's the only cosmic law that is absolute throughout the entirety of creation, and that is change. We are always changing on a molecular, atomic level, and everything around us is also changing on the same level. However, our perception of something that is much slower in frequency and vibration on an atomic level appears to be solid to us, even though it's moving, but moving very, very slowly. Now, of course, if you take it from the opposite extent, then in town, you know, um, if someone is vibrating at the fifth dimension currently, unless we have already consciously made our awareness expand to that dimension, chances are we would not see them, okay? Now, when you start talking about the other side, since that's vibrating in the seventh dimension, that is definitely normally well past what we can perceive as human beings. Therefore, we do not encounter or have any encounters therefrom, unless, of course, you happen to be a medium or a channel or someone that's psychically gifted with third sight or with the gifts of uh, being able to hear, see, and feel spirit presence. Now, in that case, you're not really being gifted with the full gift of perceiving the seventh dimension. Rather, you're actually perceiving individuals 
who sometimes have remained on earth to give messages unto other people. Sometimes they have remained on earth to accomplish a specific thing. Sometimes, unfortunately, they get confused and they're not even aware that they're dead and they need some assistance crossing over. And then other times you run into a lot of uh, what we would call residual energy, which there is no consciousness at all. It's just an energy stream that is fortified where a person did a certain thing during the day on any given day of the week, and it constantly persists. And, of course, that's the easiest to disband and be done with. And then, of course, you get into the subject of possessions, and you get into the possession, the subjects of walk-ins, and you get then into farther out into subjects of ufology, UFOs, and, of course, extraterrestrials, or all of these kind of things. And you see, miraculously, the umbrella of metaphysics covers them all. So, you know, we've had all kinds of movements spring up over time, and they're all valid, and they all have a great deal of knowledge and everything else and insights to share. But again, you know, metaphysics is anything that reaches beyond what we would normally call regular physical experience, <clears throat> termed metaphysics. So anyway, anyone else want to comment? Go ahead, on. You did a good job, and that's why I put you were <laughs> So please always be prepared with several topics or words for us to follow or a trail or a spiritual journey. But uh, let's go back to uh, Marcy. Uh, Marcy, you know, uh, I was talking about you. I'm sure your ears were burning before you came on. But Oh, I really. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've made a connection, and I don't feel like it's of this reality. Same with Richard. But Richard and I butted heads in the beginning. I'm uh, not sure what that was about, but you, you you speak to many people about how sometimes it feels like you're challenged or you don't get with it, and then somebody you thought you wouldn't be able to get along with, you can get along with again. So whatever that's about, and I think the reason Angela's here today is she's she was looking for something else, but this is what came up for her. And I feel like she's supposed to be with us. And I I don't know why I feel that, but I feel the same thing about Angela that I did with you and Richard. So you want to talk about that? Why, when we really are here on the planet to uh, be in service to others, but yet we have to be self-sufficient, folks. That's why I think Angela is asking me about my agency, which is an agency, because I wanted to help other people. Can you hear me? Yeah, Angela, what do you do? Because I come in usually around 2.15 my time, so um, I, I missed all that. What does Angela do? Angela, share with you why I feel like you should be here, because you know, I don't even think you knew you were going to be here, Angela. <laughs> no, I mean, I was looking for a political show, and I was moved here, so... Uh... I, I, oh, this funny. is affirming for me, and I think it's affirming for people that are listening. What What's your job? What do you do? Well, I, I've been taking care of my kids, and they're getting ready to go out. Um, I do – well, I did photograph events, but as the world changed, uh, I'm having to change myself. Okay. and So I'm in transition right now. F- photography is – not pulling in the money it once did. I, I understand. And and I love photography. I went to school for computer graphics. You know, I love the energy and, and what it, it pertains to capturing the moment of things. 
and um, or the videos of, of the whole thing. So it, it's, we're getting a lot of creative people. I, I connected with Eileen, who's a fantastic artist, yesterday, and we, we Skyped and FaceTime for, I don't know, several hours. So the people that are resonate, they'll click. It's like a frequency or a dial. And I think a lot of people are trying to look for answers. And I was thinking that's interesting that a year later, this is when the pandemic happened. So in that year, people have had a chance to be still, do a lot of inner thinking because I've had to go through that myself. Where we have to go inward and almost like evolve or release these old parts of ourselves that don't exist anymore. So you must be releasing because I'm burping. That's usually what I find out. <laughs> I'll feel people's energy like a bubble. Did something I say trigger to you that that seemed to make sense or release? Or what were you saying? You... Or... Was that directed at me? Yes? Yeah. Go on. Okay. Just want to make sure I wasn't speaking out of turn. I think oh, releasing no. that energy that I've kept bottled up. Yeah, because I've pretty much developed a system, kind of like a car that goes into five different gears. Right. And um, that can be, I guess that's more of a trauma if, if I think about it the right way. But, well, they, um, they did say that there's an article of trauma that when people have traumatic experience, and I went through this too, where I, I live in Reno and I want to go to casinos a lot, and this is the first time I've able to be still. And... A lot of it with my views from my childhood, I always left the home. And it took me a long time to be comfortable within myself. And so they say with trauma, we, we keep our mind busy with 20 different things so we don't have to deal with our issues that, that are happening. So that would make sense. So the more we work and release, feel, mourn. And they, a lot of what I had to go through, they said anger behind anger is grief. And so I would spend like an hour at the casinos, and finally the emotions would come up because I was trained not to feel, not to think, or I was stupid or whatever it was going mm-hmm. on. And that's what my book is from the very beginning of my abuse, my shame, my guilt, and how I, I took back my power and how I'm teaching people to take back their power of, of being who what they are. And like, like Richard was talking about the soul separating, when I work on people, the soul separates or people soul kill us. And so what I do with our inner child or whatever, I integrate those parts of ourselves. They're not gone. They're just kind of separated. And so people get numb. They just don't feel anymore. And it's a matter of existing compared to living. The existing is we go on day to day, we wake up, we do whatever. The living is expressing ourselves, who we are, what we are. And with that, we will attract the people like this group synchronistically that connect with with who and what you are and acknowledging you. Well said. And becoming alive. Does that help you at all? Yes, yes. I mean, I'm absorbing all this. Okay. So that's why I'm not reacting. I'm absorbing. And, well, and Marcy. What? Oh, Marcy, uh, yeah, you're going to tell her about reacting, too. It's good. But, you know, uh, she has also been a psychic medium and uh, for years on radio for years, and she's helped detectives. So, like, Richard and I have both been uh, investigators and private investigators, you know, and had 
badges and guns, law enforcement, intelligence for the military, you know, but she has all the same attributes. Like she does her psychic. She's been a psychic medium. She's helped law enforcement and uh, she's Mm -hmm. also been in radio, but everything. And I thought, isn't that strange that the universe provided her this platform today instead of politics? Yes. We're moving out of politics, folks. We're moving back to our higher source. Go ahead, spiritual science. Well, okay, I want to say this thing about reacting, because I've worked on myself a lot, and my whole thing is teaching people the stuff I've learned. So when we react to something, it's from the past. And so every time I was triggered on something, whether it's work, people, situations, I would like, okay, what do I need to work through and clear without myself so there's not that mirroring, triggering energy that's going on? So then we learn to respond. We're like, okay, well, this this is how we are. So if there's a reaction, you need to see what that reaction is, whether it's your inner child, whether it's your past life, whether it's anxiety, but there's something that is going against you that you need to work through. And, you know, the thing that's funny is, like, you guys being detectives, I went up and I was, like, about 20 years old with my friend Brett, who I practiced doing psychic stuff with years ago when I was, like, 19 or 20. And he, he was going to school up in Chico, somewhere around there. And the first, his room, I was seeing my first psychic impression were guns and all this other stuff. And he goes, yeah, that, this used to be a drug dealer's place. So you'll walk in, you'll get impressions on something, you'll see, you'll mm-hmm. see, you'll see that, that's going on. And some people may never see. They may be clairaudient. Some people may be clairsentient. Some people may be, you know, Claire, Claire, Audi, Claire, Boy, Claire, I'm all three, but just people say I can't see, but I say you may hear. So don't disregard your senses as to what's going on just because you can't see things and everybody else can. Just go into what you're feeling, hearing, and then that, that's where your dominant energies are. Or awareness. I can feel you processing. Yeah. Um... You know, when I talk to people, when, like, let's say Twitter, they're wanting to react to comments that I would say, you know, a child reacts, an adult responds, and I have to tell myself that over and over, because in my younger years, I was more reactive, and that caused my my own issues, uh, different types of issues that I had to deal with, even more stuff, and you know, well, I'm, I'm absorbing about, what you're saying. Right. Well, when, okay, so when people get upset with stuff, and I also tell people when they're very clear, they mirror the, the subconscious stuff from other people. So in, I tell people, it's like, that's their reality. Do not take their reality personally. Because it doesn't matter yes. what you say you do, they are going to create their cognitive distances to create their reality. So I usually step back. And I walk away because mm-hmm. you're in a, a no-win situation. And so if you realize what their their whole energy is and what their belief system is, don't take it personally. And then that way you can stand in your truth. Whether they want to believe it or not, that's up to them. That sounds really good. I know. <laughs> These are all <laughs> things that have kept me sane. And, you know, you a lot of times back to the metaphysics, 
we will feel there are many, 7% of communication is, is, is verbal. The rest is astral projection, telepathy, energies. There's all different communications people's bodies are exchanging that they're not even aware of. Like you'll walk into something, they'll have oh, a I can project. I have a question. Right. Um, I didn't realize projection, like, like I can do it very, very well. Yeah, I can oh, do I remote viewing. I can find right. stolen cars within a block of where they're at. Um, why do you think I have that, I don't know, to call it a gift? Uh, no, it's just, okay, animals are very psychic, okay? So I yes. tell people that the hunter or the hunted. And so they're very Ooh. telepathic. We have been trained, and this is why we're doing the metaphysics, we have been trained that it's our imagination. We're psychotic. We're this or that. But we're actually very intuitive. And usually the people that are abused, they usually are a lot more psychic. I don't know if you were abused. That's where oh, yes. a therapist told me, because, you know. So we have to learn when is the danger coming? What's going on? You know, that type of stuff. And so it's a survival. It, 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 what? For me, it was survival to be aware. I had to be. Right. And that's where it's a muscle. You have learned to sense where the danger is, when people are coming. And that's why most of my friends that are psychic, they're very intuitive because they've been brought up abused. Mm -hmm. And so, again, back to being the hunter and the hunted, we had to know when we were in danger or we had to lay still or we had to do all sorts. And then that brought up the whole metaphysics of the telepathy, the astral projection, all these different abilities that we have learned to survive. I agree with you. I, I really do. And for people listening, you know, uh, you may know it by different words. You know, if you're an officer, right. they call it the blue, I forget right. the second word, blue something. Um, right. Just that sense of knowing where to go or how to right. act, things like that. Um, we have to rely on yeah, those things sometimes. Right. And and so that's why they say, when you're brought up as a survival, to keep quiet, to not say anything, you're not that, you're still doing your old survival skills. You're not that anymore. You can change. Well, I want to evolve. I want to evolve. Yeah, uh, you are. You're evolving right now just by listening to us and processing yes. what we're saying. That shifts in your body to get more into alignment. Just once you get those pieces together, you're like, I can feel you're having a lot of aha moments. So that's your old body releasing who and what you are. Or yeah, what. it's kind of like getting your back cracked is what it feels like to me, you know, yeah, hearing these concepts. Right. It's getting those pieces of our soul back because they, they were laying dead or we separated to survival. We're not going to say a word. I was brought up, do not feel, do not talk, do not do whatever it is that's going on. My dad had passion for starting arguments with me on everything. And so that's why I wrote my books, Rocky the Wizards, and my book, Theta, which is, stands for um, Tarot, Healing, Energy, Tones, Ascension. It's the acronym of my whole life from the abuse from when I was born up until now. And the Theta is that part of our brain where we're calm, we're, we're like at peace, we're in a dream state. And so I just used some of my abilities and just came up with the acronym. So 
so people will know that center space of being in tune and at peace. Question. Uh, your theta, uh, what did you call it, theta zone, yeah. is that like when you when you wake up and you're between dream and awake? Yeah. Is that a theta realm? Yeah, you, you, the monks are in the theta realm. My tones are like the, the low tones that I do, they're the theta. There's, and that's okay. all part of that metaphysical energy that we're at. And I have a feeling that, that Richard has a lot to say on that one. Yes, I believe he does. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Let me throw this in here, segue for you, Richard, while you're getting that uniform color theory for perception, authority, and all that of blue, but you have that feeling, that extra sense. And they say once you have it and you know you have it and you feel it, you use it. And, yes, as an officers and intuitive, and when Rich and I worked, you know, in security and personnel information security, it really – it's not just because it's dark and it can hide you, you know, when you need to be hidden, but it's of a respect for perception and emotion. But it goes back to, like, 1853. So that's a whole lesson in itself. So every time we talk about a topic – and we evoke it, we could talk about, you know, paramilitary style, forms, colors, colors chosen, and all of that. But back to you, Richard, did I lose you now, or did you, were you able to stay on your next level that they said you could talk a lot about that? So we'll see. Back to you, Richard. Well, I I do mute uh, on occasion simply because there are terrifically noises in my immediate environment because you see i'm not indoors like the rest of you i'm outdoors in a parking lot so i'm in my convertible office you could say and unfortunately you know there's a lot of vehicles that make a tremendous amount of sound and sometimes passing by and loud voices in the background and so forth which of course i don't want to come across on the radio with so anyway but yes the theta brainwave okay um falls between or is encompassed between awakening, awakening and actually emerging from a dream state. Now, there are even rare occasions where the dream state is actually still encompassed when one actually becomes fully and completely awake. could say that the person, instead of transiting out of theta, straight, theta, theta state, basically into delta state or into one of the other um, wavelengths of the brain that are created, of course, chemically and electronically or electrically in our brain. But um, now, yes, um, speaking in regards to the question or the format or so forth that you laid down, TJ, um, after being in law enforcement for a good deal of time, you develop what you would call a psychic sense of knowing when there is opposition or harm uh, being harbored in your environment or that someone's about to do something drastic like, you know, pull a gun and start shooting people, unfortunately, or something, something that would drastically cause disharmony and disruption in their immediate environment in the environment in which you find yourself. Say is a code, uh, a blue code sixth sense um, in a matter of speaking. Because you, you, you live that lifestyle for so long that you become accustomed or you become, it becomes regular to you to suspect that other people 
are about to break the law or about to disrupt things or about to, you know, create havoc or that kind of thing. So anyway, um, I thought I'd throw that in there because I didn't want to act like I was ignoring what you and Angela had suggested or, uh, yeah, Angela had suggested. So anyway, yes, there is, there is, there is a least six cents. Uh, you well, know, yeah, and it's, it's the or the hunting. Do I? Yeah, yeah your your um, animal instinct to survive. You know, fight or flight syndrome, and officers right. tend to watch and they're trained to watch every movement. They're they're aware of all your senses, and they, you know, people. There's a very thin line we call the blue line, and uh, the blue line is when do we react versus. You know, we are waiting because of the brain waves and the thoughts and emotions and behaviors to communicate with another uh, carbon-based unit or biological entity uh, on the planet. So, you know, the communication between the neurons, most uh, educated officers are uh, studied, and they know how to synchronize and watch the pulses and the the energy around you. In other words, they already have, have studied their sixth sense and know that there's a, a, well, six feet around you. If you put your arms straight out, the way I taught it in, in uh, the metaphysical event I did, was you take your fingertips by your, like an airplane. You stick your arms straight out, and the longest tip of your finger, that on both sides of you, that is your space. That is your circle, your bug bowl. So you can turn around completely a 360. That's your circle that you are detected within, and that's your function is to function within that state of being, whether it's beta, alpha, theta, delta, or gamma. And we've added sigma and tau now, or tau and sigma, I say them backwards, because sixth sense was established by Dr. Bruce Lipton for the sixth uh, level of brain waves. He called TAU or tau, like we study in Buddhism and things like that. And then the next one, the uh, seventh sense hasn't been established. Uh, it was Zeta. Uh, I say uh, Sigma, but Richard says Zeta. So we'll see which one catches on. I sort of like the Zeta. So uh, there are various frequencies, folks, infra, delta, theta. And so what happens is they put them in hertz. Just real quickly, your delta is uh, 0.5 to 3. Your theta waves are 3 to 8 hertz. And your alpha, which I'm talking in, is 8 to 12. Beta, alpha, theta. Well, no, beta, alpha, theta. Am I in alpha, beta, alpha? Wait, which one am I in, Richard, uh, when I'm talking human form? Is that that's alpha? Delta. Beta, alpha, theta. No, delta, delta. delta is. No, when I'm speaking, that's uh, the delta is your deepest meditation. That's your dream. Well, you see some, but there are some people that remain in meditation twenty-four seven. So to them, the delta wave is common frequency, regardless gamma, of whether they're talking or sleeping or whatever. Well, we say people are let's see beta alpha theta. It goes B A beta alpha theta. So I've got to think. Your lowest is your lowest brain waves, and those are the slow point five. If they know, they put you in a deep subconscious. To heal yourself, delta brains are slow uh, frequency. That's five to uh, point five to three. Theta three to eight. Now uh, they say that's often the sleep that you dominate your deep meditation. Alpha are quietly following thoughts in meditative states. Is the power of now being here in the present. Alphas and beta waves dominate normal waking state of consciousness when it 
attention is directed towards cognitive tasks. So, what, what, which one? Are, let's see, gamma brain waves are the fastest. So that's relating to simultaneous information that you put out from your uh, your quiet access. But, you know, beta, alpha, theta, delta, gamma. Now, the spiritual emergence, that's what we're talking about. So consciousness and spiritual emergence is what we're here to teach with metaphysics and your spiritual development. So uh, beta, alpha, theta, delta, gamma. And I guess we'll do Dow, and, and we're going to work with Richard on zeta. The seventh sense, your spiritual stability on neural feedback. But back to you, Richard. But I, I, I had to go look up at least the hertz, if you can follow the hertz. So let's see. Uh, it was called brain work neuro, neurotherapy. <laughs> Water brain waves. So there you go, folks, on your EEG sensor. Real easy. Brainworkstherapy.com. Back to you, Richard. Okay, then we're getting all deep into it then. <laughs> Analyzing our brainwaves, which is which is wonderful. I mean, you know, there's no harm in that. Uh, but it's but it obviously is going to vary like anything else. I mean, you know, cops that are in sync with their perception of another person's energy are really in true in true science doing nothing more than reading that person's energetic aura. It's the energy field that we project. That when we are in a fight or flight syndrome, we actually draw our aura completely into us, where it's actually only about an inch or two out from the body. When we are calm, joyed, or excited, then of course our aura can expand anywhere from 50 feet to 500 feet out in you know, out in diameter around us. Um, so naturally, the farther out your aura is, the more of course you come in contact with the electrical and energetic systems of other given individuals or or carbon-based units as we're calling them <laughs> to differentiate only between our physical selves and our um, spiritual selves or our spiritual conscious selves and our physical conscious selves put it that way so i mean yeah, yeah there go you? ahead yes. I, as i'm scrolling through this kind of like sums it up but also, like, I also work with mentally challenged people, and you, you read the eyes, you read the energy. The guy didn't abuse me, but he abused other people. And in a split second, that can change. But I'm reading this, why impasse do everything, which is kind of like what we're talking about. It says, the more light you hold, the more you feel. As an individualized consciousness absorbs greater photonic density, which is you know, like the light, the, the carbon energy is what covers that. Psychic and emotional capacities increase, and the being gradually begins to gain access to higher order, remembering about the nature of the cosmos. Additionally, due to the heightened amount of God source energy contained within these beings, everything is felt deeply and to its core. There is more consciousness through which those energies in motion to ripple. This is not a burden, but a reward for the intensity of experiences gained by that soul. And your source was? Um, I'm just reading why empaths read everything. It's on my Facebook. Oh, Tamara, oh. who I've talked to back and forth. But it's just a Facebook post that Tamara posted. Okay, so it's not so it's not giving any authentic source as regards to author or book or pages or anything of that nature. Okay, 
just wanted to clarify. But yes, that, is, that is very, very true. Uh, the more expanded your awareness, the more elevated your awareness, uh, the more in sync you become with the entire harmony of creation itself. Trees, you're going to feel the animals. You're going to feel other persons in your environment. You're even going to feel chains of electrical currents in your environment, such as radio waves and also such as the waves beaming off of towers um, in regards to our phones and so forth. Um, and the more in harmony you are, the more specifically um, you notate a lot of different things. Now, I would have to, uh, going back to the brainwave again, I guess, you know, the gamma, since it's the most lively one, that's probably where we are most at during our waking consciousness because naturally we're receiving all kinds of information, not only from our environment, but also from those we're interacting with and also everything that's going on around us that we're viewing that we may not directly have action with, but we're still seeing it transpire just the same. So, yes, good analogy in a lot of ways because... Um, yeah, that's what I found. Well, and also it's like, like Richard says he has wolf ears. You, you get to the point where you will hear, like when I, when I work on I heal on people, I will see, feel, and hear the energies coming out. And our body with the diseases, it's like an out-of-tune um, orchestra. So when I'm working on people, I will hear like lower energies coming out, which is what the diseases are. Or I will hear, and Richard hears also, and probably TJ, because it's back to Hunter and the Hunted. These high pitch frequency that Richard calls um, dog, what do you call them? Dog ears, dog sounds, dog pitches. Wolf, wolf ears, wolf ears, you wolf know, ears. because wolves, wolves hear even higher frequency than dogs do. Of wow. course, dogs are the descendants. And so as a result, sometimes, you know, if I'm caught off guard and say a police car goes blaring away with its siren on or a fire truck goes by or an ambulance goes by, if I'm caught off guard and not able to quickly shield my ears, then, of course, this is, this is a very intense vibration, and it can even go as far as to give me a headache. But at the same right. time, I mean, I can also hear dogs baying at the moon in 10, 15-mile distances. So, you know, it, that's an extreme sensitivity. And again, you know, you could look at that as possibly a, a gift and also possibly a curse because you're hearing things that other people aren't hearing. And, of course, of course, nowadays we have the cure-all, you see. All we got to do is put a Bluetooth device in your ear and you can walk down the street and act like you're talking to somebody on the phone when in actuality they're right walking right beside you, but on, no one else sees them. <laughs> now, uh, spiritual development, let's talk about that with mindfulness because there's systems of instability as well. And this is a fine line that we as metaphysicians walk the people, but we're here to train you and for all of us working together. Uh, we have, uh, all of us, there's four of us on this uh, thread, okay? So it's like a. Uh, quantum physics, so to speak. But spiritual stability, okay, is an integral part of knowing. And this is part of the healing arts, but now we're just talking about, in general, the dark night of the soul or a healing crisis or what people call spiritual psychosis. And I've had to work with a lot of people in my lifetime just as a psychic, and our people find out I'm a minister 
or that I marry people or that I'm a psychic and they want me to heal them. So the spiritual traditions that we honor in our Ascension Church Ohana, but advanced practices were always kept secret. The reason is your nervous system can undergo a refinement. But it, it's, uh, we, we are teaching some techniques now that once were called uh, esoteric or occult, and just meaning unknown wisdom. But I am a, a student of uh, Babaji in this reality, Kriya. And they call her Tantra Yoga, but it's uh, from Babaji. And I was channeling uh, Babaji uh, 30 or 40 years ago when I was first going into channeling. And I was very blessed that it was Babaji that came through. And he has taught us how to breathe Cobra Tantra. But that is the uh, bottom area of who I was, was learning magical metaphysics because I would receive words like ascension that I didn't know. And when lightning came and split a tree and gave me a symbol that I use now uh, because I didn't know what it was. And then when uh, I had lights show me symbols on the wall and there was nobody around to see them but me, I didn't understand. But I saw it with my beta, my conscious uh, alpha. My Wait, beta alpha. I think – oh, crap. I've forgotten. Anyway, figured out one, two, three, and four. I think beta is conscious when I'm talking to you and alpha is like relaxed. But there's a traditional technique that we're going to teach. And you don't have to use ayahuasca, right, psychedelics or anything else because – a lot of people want to go the shamanistic way, and to some, they do very well at that, and others don't. They become very unstable, and uh, they can't adopt because it changes so much. So Western and Eastern techniques we're doing here uh, regards to the mental health work or the groundwork that we're going to begin to practice together as metaphysicians, and we're inviting everybody, but... I've also taught a lot of people at different levels in their growing process along with what we call a healing process to keep them uh, stable out of psychosis. So we want you to eat right. We want you to sleep right because sleep is very important. Have your biorhythm, and Richard and uh, Angela and uh, Marcy can talk about that, being in balance with the sun and the moon, and the moon's reflecting off of your sun and who is your son or who is your God. But, you know, we have to deal with the fact that we are loving light and want the best for unconditional love. But with us, uh, some of our people that are in my groups, my open source and social media over the years have asked me to please keep the symptoms of instability where you know because always in magical metaphysics schools, the occult, the metaphysical ancient mystery schools, We've had people that got their belly too full of wisdom too quick, and it gives them a psychological upheaval, which we're going to, going to share with everybody that, uh, you know, we know how to do meditation, as Angela said. So, so put it over on the aha experience, enhancing your body-mind integration. And now you'll hear a lot of people teaching mindfulness and meditation along with the combination of Eastern philosophy meeting Western philosophy, so expanded perceptions, because I'll see a commercial on TV over and over again, and, you know, our cyberspace, our bots are following us based on what words we put out on the radio, what, what we put out on our phones, what we put out on the Internet. So our, our avatars in cyberspace culture, which, you know, we started with that, is all about who you are and your, they want to know what you think 
what you buy, and even your sensations. And they will know better than all of us, especially since we're going into the future and they're going to be having our photo or our face and our expression. They actually have a high-level intelligence that can tell what you're thinking, not just what you're going to go spontaneously by. But this is the emergence of where we're going in the future, and it's not bad. It's just different that we're not accustomed in a human biological carbon-based unit as extraterrestrial biologicals on Earth to know that everything about us all of a sudden is important, even the neuroscience of our emotions. All right, that's my part of the show. So back to you, Richard, embracing our spiritual teaching with metaphysics, awakening the mind and, uh, you know, all of that stuff, beta, alpha, theta, delta, gamma, sigma, and your part, zeta, which seventh you know, the seventh enlightenment, entrainment of the brain. Uh, can you enlighten us on that level? Sure. I mean, well, okay. Um, first off, mindfulness is turning the mind away from the, what is outside of it inwardly. In other words, becoming conscious not only of your thoughts, but actually having and developing the ability to quiet your thoughts so that your thoughts, know, they don't the whole of your consciousness any longer. In other words, once you quiet the mind chatter, then you could say in, from a Taoist perspective or a Zen perspective or a Buddhist perspective, any, of, any one of any numerous different paths, um, this in turn, of course, brings about uh, the observer, okay, which you could say is a little man or a little lady that sits at the very back of the brain, and basically they are observing everything that the brain is doing, and therefore they know what's about to happen before them before it even happens. So, of course, mindfulness also includes being very, very, very well aware of your thoughts, very well aware of what you speak, and very well aware of what your actions that come about from both those thoughts and what you're speaking. So um, mindfulness is, is a state of uh, presence of being in an absolute, completely peaceful state of being that you are observing all that yourself is doing and in turn you deliberately become mindful to a finite degree of everything that you're doing so that in turn you are in control of not only what you're thinking but also what you're speaking before you speak it and of course your actions before you act now the whole principle of mindfulness is to be able to detect that which is negative coming towards you and be able to step aside from it and allow it to flow by you. So therefore, the negativity does not affect you whatsoever because you are not in the path of the negativity, and therefore you actually step aside and allow it to go by you, or you watch it as it goes by. And this is what mindfulness. Now, you take it a step further, okay, and you can actually become mindful of the body. And this is something that we as Westerners have lost a great deal of touch with, because your body will actually tell you what it needs. It will tell you how it feels. It will tell you when it wants to rest. It will tell you when excited. It will tell you when it wants to eat. It will tell you when it wants to drink, which, of course, the eating and the drinking are autonomic. So basically, those are things we become physically aware of, regardless of how mindful we are as they actually you know, aspire into needs, per se. Then, of course, you know, there, there are other things. But yes, the, the frank fact of the matter is, okay, 
Enlightenment, which is a term that's been battered around for the last 50 years, they used to, be, they used to say or stipulate that one's mind ascends to the extent of being superconscious. Okay, superconsciousness basically indicates that you are beyond the norm consciously, that you have elevated yourself and your source of knowledge or wisdom to a point that is far above normal access for regular human beings or within the regular normal mindset, per se. Okay? Now, there are numerous, numerous paths of enlightenment. Some of them are done through meditation. Some of them are done through tantra, which is then some, some are required through yoga. Some are acquired through uh, various asundry schools of thoughts and asundry uh, schools of, you know, uh, extremes to sort to some degree because back in back in the day, a very long time ago, monks used to spend numerous years in caves in complete isolation, and the only exposure they had to the outside world whatsoever was when someone would come along and actually bring them rice or or some other dish to consume so that in turn, of course, their physical self would not completely dwindle away because naturally you have to have nourishment of some kind. And of course, you must also take in water at a very bare minimum. Of course, you choose to, you know, imbibe in various fruit juices and things of that. Anything that that includes triglycerides and, and other carbohydrates are very balancing and very nourishing for the body because when you are out exercising, these are what they tell you you need to imbibe directly afterwards because your body has exuded a lot of this. Um, but anyway, so yes, now I personally um, happen to study uh, Vajrayana Buddhism in this particular lifetime, and this is called the lightning path. So basically what one does is they sit in stillness and meditation, and it can take anywhere from uh three minutes to as long as three days or three weeks or three months or even three years. So I've been told, even though this is called the lightning pass, simply because three years in comparison to 30 years is very, very short indeed. But basically it is like you get to a point in meditation where you are so still in your, in the center of your being that you reach up with the entirety of your being to the source of all or God or whatever name we wish to choose them choose them as being, you know, um, and you say, I wish to know all that I am capable of knowing. And they call it the lightning path because basically speaking, what actually physically happens is a bolt of lightning hanging it down and transits through the crown chakra, radiates all the way down to the feet, and then back up through the crown chakra and out. And during this procession of electric, electrified field, one could say, one becomes illumined or their consciousness completely shifts and is altered from that point forward so that, in fact, they have a great deal more wisdom than they had before. And some say it is an inner knowing that all one has to do is ask a question and the question is instantly answered. And, of course, I can personally attest to this because this is the way it's been now for me for over 30 years, okay? But also understand that, you know, there is the path of Taoism, there is the path of Zen, there are uh, various, there, there are so many numerous schools of Buddhism, it's not funny, okay, and then of course you have, uh, there are yogins, there are gurus, of course, but I want to make a point here in the fact being that you see, 
it used to be in the 60s and 70s that that was the traditional movement. You always sought someone wiser than yourself outside of yourself, when in actuality, you contain all the knowledge and the wisdom that you will ever need. You only have to go within yourself, okay, and listen to your higher heart and your higher self, which, of course, would also be a nomenclature for spirit or soul or whatever, okay, and you can ascertain any wisdom and any answer to any question that you so wish to have. You only have to ask, okay? And that's the crux of it, okay? Mindfulness is a state of being in which you derive peace and serenity by turning inward, inward. And then in turn, once you are serene, you focus outwardly and you observe all that you are doing and you bring it unto inspection to see if, in fact, it is a justified action or a justified thought, or if, in fact, those actions or thoughts are actually harming someone else, or if, in fact, harming yourself. And then, in turn, the root of them, which is the thought itself, okay, which is based upon intent, and then, in turn, you decide whether that intention is right or wrong, which, of course, this is going from a moral and ethical standpoint that, of course, you know, if you follow the golden rule, as it was pronounced by Jesus, Yeshua, Ananda, Sananda, and numerous other names that I could mention. But anyway, he said the golden rule was this, you know, love yourself and love all others as though they were yourself. Okay, that's the proper translation from the Aramaic. But anyway. Um, well, let me and add this says, part. Go ahead. There's a saying on YouTube, and I can't tell you where it's from, but I'm looking at it, so I'm going to read it to you to make it a little simpler. Mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way, comma, on purpose in the present moment, comma, without judgment. Now, that's the simple way that because people are saying, well, what, what's everybody talking about mindfulness and what is all this awakening you know, well, it's a form of meditation of being mindful of who you are, what you're feeling. And if I could get some of my children in their 50s right now, they're going through uh, so much with uh, menopause and anxious. And my one daughter just told me she went through $4,000 in less than five days. And I'm about, <laughs> but I've had to be okay. So there other part, but we were like, it's all gone. It's just like that. But she cannot sit still. So. You know, I and and I'm the one that always had the tarot and mother metaphysician and all of that, and she knows that. She knows I'm a pastor of our Ascension Church and all that, and she really believes in Yahshua and even has her Yeshua on her arm. But God bless her, she can she'll go through. You give her it doesn't matter a penny to probably five billion, she'd get rid of it faster than anybody I know. But she wasn't mindful enough. I said, Where did you go with all this money? What'd you do with it? You know. But she said they went out and she was friends and they she got the best rooms and they I was like I don't even know what they were celebrating so that's not being very <laughs> mindful <laughs> you know that's one thing I I've learned to teach younger people if they'll allow me to be their life coach is the fact that there are ways that we may want to look at how we uh, respond to ourselves some people may be in the moment with lots of money and then like going to a casino like <laughs> marcy was saying you know bet it all on red or black 
you know, and it's all gone instantly. So there's many ways to be mindful of what you're doing. But maintaining awareness of not only being mindful in the moment and in a meditational stance, it's good to know, be able to sit down and know yourself. Just like when you're eating, this is a good time to teach your children, folks, if you're listening, to be very mindful and sitting. And I always had my children say a little blessing to be thankful for what they had, even if that's all they said, if they were thankful for who cooked it, you know, amen, dig in. Was <laughs> so, you know, you're consciously aware of who you are, and some of the greatest teachers of the uh, spiritual movement and the mindful movement, uh, Eckhart Tolle is one that comes to mind, but uh, anybody that talks to you can tell you, even Oprah, you know, has had some great mindful people. So uh, you know, we're, we're each individually in a circle of mindfulness, with a frequently of being here now for everyone that wants to join our group. So this is a magical metaphysical moment and the mindfulness and the headspace you're in, we hope you'll take the challenge and it doesn't cost anything. Uh, I am forming uh, a, a actual spiritual science church uh, with the unconditional love and mindfulness, but we're building it together. So let's see. Richard talked and I talked. Richard, you want to pass it over? We still got 20 minutes, folks. These, it used to not be this long with me and Janet. We had somebody on. We'd interview them two hours and it was gone. But these helping uh, rotate seemed to me longer. <laughs> I don't know how long. Well, you could throw, you could throw the board open. Richard, I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, you mentioned the, the word Ananda. Now, I don't know why, but my oldest, this is the one where I, I died five times. I came back. Mm-hmm. When I named that child, the middle name is Ananda. Well, what do you understand it to be? Well, Ananda is an enlightened being. Um, they're very ancient. Uh, they have been known in Hindu culture. They have been known in Buddhist culture. Um, and the word Ananda means they who speak, you should listen. That's what the actual name translates out to be. Wow. So, yeah. That's different from what I knew. <laughs> that is really cool. Sorry, I just had to ask you. That's okay. No problem. Marcy, you were saying? Or about to say? Ananda is also a philosophy <laughs> in Hinduism. Do you want? Just so you know. yeah. It's yeah. also a Christ philosophy. Christ's spiritual name is Ananda. You know, we all have, like, astral names other than, like, you know, Richard said, Yeshua. Um, a lot of that stillness and that energy and that restlessness, again, we were talking about that reaction. And I always like to say hormones and harmony go hand in hand. So a lot of those <laughs> people that <laughs> – you like that one, TJ? So, you know yeah. – I've you mean like learned. talking about my daughter? <laughs> you, you you like that? She I went through four thousand in less than five days, and like she didn't even know where she spent it. I'm like, you know, for me, because yeah, I am old lady budgeting my senior, what do they call it, secure. You know, your old old lady social security, trying to, you know, put a, a little bit for my radio and my my little church, you know, to keep it going online in cyberspace culture, and she's going through what I, you know, that's like maybe one quarter of what I make all year, you know? So, yeah, that's what you're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, I like right. that. Well, the whole thing is, it's like Bashar, because I studied Bashar and Chiron and um, Abraham, and 
basically they said that everything could be negative or positive. It's just the whole thing is we need to open space to be in that stillness to allow those those energies to come through. Like when Richard was talking about our body, like I I always say like when I eat, my body will close up when it says it's had enough. I call it the alien invasion. Well, when I it's full, it closes up and it pushes it back. Like okay, we don't want any more. Or you will feel different cells communicating or expressing. So if you get into that energy of listening to your body, of what it needs to do, then you'll be more in tune on more levels and and more clear. If that makes sense to people. Well, if you can get my daughter to sit still long enough, she's got a bad case of ADHD. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's had it her whole life. She has to be busy. Both, I have no, two daughters that are very. Right. I have four daughters. One's passed over, uh, but two out of three look just alike. Tall blondes. People think they're twins. They have that high Irish or white skin with little freckles. You know, Angela uh, right. born blonde, five eleven. You know, very Nordic looking. And I was born pitch black hair, almost <laughs> brown skin. You know, Native American looking, and my dad swore we didn't have any, that all the family was from Europe. So I don't know. I hadn't done all that DNA stuff with the Thurmans yet, you know, but I do know Thor's protection because I was always told that anyway. But yeah, if uh, I would love somehow for us to get where we can get my daughters to tune in to something that as metaphysicians we could do, but that would be really, really hard. But you can Facebook her. So we'll talk about that later. But Anyway, keep keep teaching. I I had a friend that was a therapist, and she actually was a client of mine. Um, and we would talk about um, ADHD. The ADHD children are basically the indigo children. They run at a high frequency, so they have to multitask. So what it is is the the schooling that they have now doesn't work because it's kind of like an old black and white movie where they need to run three or four different things off at the same time. That's just how their brain and the energy, and as we're advancing, more and more people are like that. I was very restless as a child. I've had to learn to just finally sit, which I've been doing the last two weeks because I have no car, and just be a piece of whatever is thrown at me, whether I'm now working two days a week, my car is still in the shop, you know, and just learn to be in that Zen theta energy that, that, that's going on. And my tones get people into that energy, and that's why I said people use my tones because it hits the serotonin, and it gets people to either feel really, really, really relaxed or fall asleep. And when we hit those tones, either we go off to our guides or our guides come to us. Like, while we're sitting here, I'm floating in and out of my body while I'm watching Rachel Ray with the, um, the sound off and listening to the radio. And, and also playing with the computer at the same time. So it's almost like four different things are getting me into that relax. And I've always been that way where I do telepathy or energy. And so if your children need to have multitasking things, then it's just the way that the brains are wired. I can't sit still do one thing. I check out. Does that make sense? 
that makes about perfect why sense. I had to unmute uh, myself. That's yeah. That makes Go perfect ahead. sense. That child, the Ananda child, has ADD and works at a different right. frequency. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just a little bit of a tone to rebalance the energy. If anybody wants it, um, I always ask. Um, because I can feel them behind me trying to communicate or rebalance the energy. Is everybody okay with that? Well, go ahead as far as I'm concerned. Yes. TJ? TJ, are you there? Yeah. She must have muted herself. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Just, that's fine, Marcy. Yeah. Sounds okay. good. Yeah, we got less than right, a minute. It's kind of like the, the low notes is like what Richard and I call the didgeridoo, which is what the monks use into that part of the brain. And he always says this for the lower chakras anyway, the survival. And then I'm going to hit a high note, which is the higher energies that are going on. resonating again. Yes. You like that? I saw a little blue. They look kind of like feathers and rocks. Strange. Oh, good. No, it's good. See, that's the right side of the brain. And and those are the deal with the emotions. And then that's the energy where your body is giving you messages. And so it could be aspects of yourself. It could be healing, colors of vibrations, and energy, sounds of vibrations. And as we do the tones, we get we clear out more and more, which is we get higher and higher guides. Yeah, and that helps us bring others to, if they're supposed to be here, like Angela was drawn by... Uh, divine will is what I call it. When you don't really know what you're doing, but you're trying to be mindful and be in the now, which she said she was trying to be, and yet here she is part of the major world exchange with everybody in the universe that I've been in contact with around the world, including a lot of huge organizations of uh, spiritualness, mindfulness, yoga, Kriya Yoga, like I said, Babaji and the Cobra Breath Technique, and even some people on LinkedIn, they're just all of a sudden tuning in to me since I met Richard, and even more so now <laughs> I met Marcy. But yet Marcy said she spent time with somebody that just came on in the last 24 hours, this radio show yesterday. Yeah, we talked for an hour, and she was calling 10 minutes before we were even on. And, what? and so it's just... Yeah, well, then 
that's what I'm saying. People will, they'll be drawn to it. They don't know why on the energies that are going on. And it's, well, it's a higher self, it's guidance, you know. Can it's, we call that a, magical? Because I don't want to fight with people that there's no magic, which we have to in science. No, a lot no. of start with science or they don't believe. I mean, I'm, I, folks, I'm a scientist. I get called, called a scientist. I've written papers and been quoted in books in China and all kind of things. So I am considered a scientist, but it's more of a quantum scientist. But I'm a metaphysical scientist. But wow. I want to know this magical word that I put up today. I can't believe I, I put it up. It's so you? controversial. But what we're doing is magical. Go ahead. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Hello? Hi, I'm here. Huh. Marcy, go ahead. You're talk- this is magical, right? It brings people together. Hello? Certain- there you go. We You're blew- back. We blew frequencies again. That's what always happens. When there's high frequencies, I lost you guys. Oh, no. It's a normal. It's a normal thing with me. Richard and I go through this. I don't know how many times. We're off to see the wizard. <laughs> well, my story is I'm off to be the wizard. That's my the name of my book. But we go through this all all the time. Is we we blow circuits and we have to call back. We lose hearing. It's just too much a high frequency. Well, let's talk about our books, because mine, folks, real quick, are on Lulu. That was the first one I was introduced to, and I don't even remember how, but we were working with Lightning Source, my family and publishers. We have our own imprint, Timely Manor Books, because I was working in a publishing house, hey, in Oklahoma, and that's where <laughs> Angela's at. I was over in Tulsa yes. working at a publishing house there. Oh, I think it was which, Tom- which one? Uh, it's probably still there. I, uh, it, I think it was Thomas. I'm not sure. Uh, I did books, and I was a catcher where I caught the paper, and, you know, they mm-hmm. did cards and did books, and I, I dropped the books in to have the, the binder, you know, glued, all kind of things. It's a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, we're here now, and all of us have something we've done, and our resumes will probably – everybody be sure and be on LinkedIn. If you're looking for a job, be sure and put it on Indeed. Uh, but let's talk real quickly because we've only got five minutes. Uh, Lulu and Amazon, folks, Teresa J. Morris, if you like Ascension or uh, extraterrestrial stories, uh, uh, that's what I do. Or the, I even put out a book for the Ascension Center or Ascension Church Ohana, I believe. But some of my books are starting to sell, which they didn't for many years. But now it seems like with 2020, all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting 30 bucks here, 30 bucks there. No big deal, but it's more than I used to get with a big fat Easter egg, you know. So, you know, I just thought, well, maybe I should tell people that there's books out there. Now, you have two books, and Richard mentioned one of them. Richard's working with me on a couple of books. Uh, I want to do one with Men in Black because of our history uh, working <laughs> around Men in Black, and I think it'll be fun. And then I'm working on a um, near death, so Angela, you're welcome to be a – uh, chapter in my book or anybody that's had a near death if you want we can do an analogy or a trilogy or something a series but uh, let's talk real quickly now about Marcy's book Theta and Off to See the Wizard and are they available on Amazon like mine yeah I, I wrote we're off to read the wizard about 
10 years ago, and, I, and it's a trilogy, and my other books are were off to Free the Wizard, which is my sister's a trustee, and I'm still working on that, about people selling out, and then I'm off to be the wizard. So that's my friends and I being brought up in the upper class and, you know, supporting each other and just kind of throwing into all this stuff. This is why I'm trying to help guide people, because we didn't know. Uh, my best friend that I grew up with, I was a normal teenager, and she's now back on my Facebook. And I thanked her for all the stuff I was going through because all of a sudden I started getting these abilities or these things were happening. The theta is from when I was first born up until now. I just we just finished a book in May. Richard's in it, and it's it's and it's my friends and I's stories and integrations and abilities and support systems and. Richard has now become friends with these other people that are in the book. And so now we're still building this whole bond. And Laura that was on yesterday, she bought the book and she's now all part of this energy. So it's it's a support to like we're not going crazy. And it's hard to take back our power. Yes, and I feel that way. That's the magical metaphysics today, folks, because I've never put those two words together. And I never know. I channel what my show's going to be about 24 hours in advance. So okay. uh, it gives people an idea, and it draws like yesterday. Uh, Eileen from, I think that was her name, from Florida, right, the yeah. artist? Right. She was drawn right. because I put in the words carbon-based unit and extra biological entity. She liked those words in it. She said, I really, one person only. And then today, one person only, Angela. Of all the people, Angela, you made today's show. And <laughs> Thank you. And you said it was what you read, too, right? You were looking for political, and you said I you was. saw the teaching. And uh, you thought, well, maybe, what, what made you change? Because people love politics, but without Trump being in the middle, they've lost their punch because we don't have a bad guy. Well, <laughs> but what made you tune I, into spirituality? I had read, read it, and it seemed like it was a lot more about Uh-oh. Can anybody we else hear her? We um, lost her, I think. She's still here. Hold on. Angela, you haven't dropped, have you? Did your phone quit because your number's still showing? Frequency. Yeah. Yeah, we burn uh, out satellites. Sorry. We I hit burn the out whole towers. Sorry. Uh, okay, can you go back and okay. you read? Tell us what you read over here that, that made you change When your I mind. read your blib, uh, it seemed about there were some key factors just the different things you had mentioned, I can't remember exactly. Recognizing um, his skills, his teaching skills, along with Marcy Kosich's toning talents. The oh, the toning Marcy talents was a big Marcy thing agency. to me. Sorry. See, Sorry, Marcy, I didn't mean to talk over you. No, that's good, Marcy. I want, I want Marcy to hear that. I write it. Oh, you know, no, I know. And before. it's funny because, like, right when I got on, she was like, Okay, what do you, and it's like, I guess you're a musician or something, and you were saying stuff, I'm like, okay, you know, it's like different frequencies, different energies, and different hurts as well heal different things, you know. Well, I think it's but, a healing, it's a healing world when you huh. talk about music and say minor second chords, that's my big deal. You know, if I want to ground myself, I go chords? out. What, what is that? 
What is minor, minor second? Well, uh, yeah, Bob Marley uses yes, a chord, a sound. Yeah. You do it in right. your tones. That I could hear it in your tones. But like right. Bob Marley has a lot of second minor second chords in his music. Um, draconian chants, uh, Buddhist chants. Right. These all have natural minor second chords, and it affects your mitochondria even. I mean, it's more far-reaching than anybody could really think about. You know, even in high school, I was used, I was interested in music as a healing entity, as if it's an right. entity itself, if that makes any sense, because it's well, its own force. Right. Pardon? And, and, uh, and they've been using, if you look at, they have like some temples in India, which is not even temples, but they're like pillars. And each pillar is a different note, and the guy plays them. Or in Malta, wow. the sound. That's just been going around for thousands of years. So it's all around the world, but with Rockefeller and the pharmaceutical in 36, changed all this stuff. And so it's oh, actually lost art. Richard would like, I always use the pre-Aztec ones because Richard's always my sounding board with the tones. We will feel spirits or entities or masters or things moving or vibrations, you know, it's just been amazing with Rich and I talking the last four years. And usually we blow circuits and we have to call each other back four or five times. You know, <laughs> just go. we just throw up our hands and say, here we go again. Well, what I'm hearing, uh, Marcy, is since you do what you do, but you don't have a background in, in uh, you know, reading notes, not that you have to because no. that's another but minor second and then uh, intervals in music is basically, I took all that, you know, treble, clef, whole notes, half notes, you know, second intervals, right. minor form, all that. But that's a, a language, a dimensional, fifth dimensional language as well. So, right. you know, when you put a, so we're sort of like each one of us is tuning in as an instrument today, and we're going to see if right. we can create a symphony. And, an orchestra, <laughs> yeah. An orchestra. And, and we are the yeah. tuning forks. Right. We are and the tuning forks. And and that's why I wanted to do my groups. I want to do all this other stuff to expand it and to teach. And I have people, they're like, can I sing? And I'm like, of course. You know, go along, do the tones with it. And, you know, kids love it. Males love it. There was somebody that was autistic and they love it. And because it, it's it's a universal. It's not like singing in words that we don't understand, but it's the right side of the brain. And so people really resonate with it. Did you but ever watch a, Dune? What? Yeah. Did you ever I watch the Dune. movie Dune? You know that char yeah. sound that they do that's his name as a weapon? That is a minor second. That is overtones. You know, I mean, there's so much knowledge everywhere. We just have to use new eyes, new ears. You know, and I'd like to right. know more, Richard, about the relationship between the others and us, the others being like Venusians, you know, all those different beings. Oh, Do you yeah. ever talk about that? Sure. I can channel anything. <laughs> just, well, I, mean, I just you thought you may have written a book about it. You're very knowledgeable. Well, I have written a book that's yet to be published. It's called The Seeker. It's supposed to be one of a trilogy. And basically, Seekers? The Seeker. I call myself a seeker. That, that's funny. Yeah. Well, Go a on, seeker, please. You know, true seeker. But anyway, 
it's it's more or less like a combination of Doctor Strange and the Green Lantern. And that would be even a down low as far as the amount of events and things that have happened or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay. well, let's that's in the future offering, and, and there's lots of others. Yes, we're we're about to the to the countdown now. So by we're, all means, if you off. want to put it out there, do I? Yeah, we're already off the we're, air, but uh, the recording will still be here for YouTube and everywhere on the uh, you know Spreaker and Stitcher and Spotify. Oh, over so let's time. tell people. Yeah, let's tell. Uh, yeah, they'll cut me. Well, I'm cut off, but I mean, I'm watching the clock count. The, the count clock's gone, but it'll have this piece at the end. So let's tell everybody how to find us until we. I mean, I've got a bunch of websites out there, folks, but I don't have them where you can go list. I'm still searching for my main main team. You know, for each day of seven days, well, six days, I must keep Monday off. Monday never worked for eight years for me. Something always happened. I'm very skeptical about Tuesday. But normally, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm trying to build teams that will help us with whatever topic of the day to pull in synergistically, people synergistically involved with me and what I'm doing with my vision for Ascension Church Ohana, which what I got from extraterrestrials. So, Let's tell everybody, how do we keep in touch? So everybody will be back here tomorrow, 4 to 6. We do readings, folks. So if you want to do many readings, many readings, not reading readings, (laughs) many readings, okay? Okay, We're not going to sit here and read someone for two hours. I'm sorry. I'll bow out. You can have have them, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for that intent, by the way. Well, I, I realize that. I mean, you know. Okay, um, good. Good, good, good. You, you can easily contact me uh, either at spirituality and tranquility, which both were, all three words are fully spilled out, spilled out at gmail.com, or you can reach me easily at RT Knight, which are my first initials, Richard Thomas, last name Knight, like the guy that rides a horse, 35 at gmail.com. And you can find me on uh, Facebook, of course, as Richard Knight, and my profile has the Archangel Michael, and then I can also be found on LinkedIn. To you, Marcy, quick. All right. You can LinkedIn me under Marcy Cossage or Facebook me under Marcy Cossage. My tones are under Marcy Cossage on YouTube or Cosmic Cosmos, and my book is on Amazon, Marcy Cossage. And my Gmail is MarcyCossage2 at gmail.com. Angela, to you. Well, my email is politicalwoodstock at gmail.com. That's political, then Woodstock, all lowercase, at gmail.com. I have a Facebook page that I don't really take care of. That's called Political Woodstock. Maybe I'll stay, start tending to it. But, but I got to tell you, you know, politics is very dirty, you know, and I want to get cleaned up, you know. And just leave the politics behind. Yeah. <laughs> We're all taking a step back on that one because too many of our friends in metaphysics split up in in Facebook and all social media and became, uh, whoa, too far right, too far left. Oh, Nobody no. balanced anymore in America. I think it was all pre oh, that's It doesn't ever matter who gets in because all the guys on the backside, and, and I've seen it with the judges and courts and stuff, folks. We It's better just to stay out of the levels. But now people get mad at me because they say, but you're talking spiritual in one boat for one person, and so everybody is a single unit. Yes. So in a way, I'm building a platform 
for everybody that's a metaphysician to help take care of each other. And in our times to vote, we will vote, and we will vote together, and we'll all have one vote. And then maybe we'll build a political caucus, Angela. Maybe you are exactly the person to carry the flag for that. Maybe we'll have a magical metaphysical group that says we're going to influence you know, the caucus this way because we've written so many books. Who knows? You know, we don't know what well, the army. Have. The army still does that. Oh, really? Oh, that's mm-hmm. all another show. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be Saturday or Friday. We do Friday night UFO stuff. Angela, you'll have to come back on our UFO night Friday night, forty six. Friday? Uh-huh. I'm really that's when my mother does dominoes. I'm helping her right now. She's got a <laughs> domino group she goes to on Friday night. I'll have time. Uh, Saturday is paranormal. Sunday is spirituality. So take a peek. Uh, <laughs> they, they all sound good. I'm kind of hooked at this point. So. Well, good. Four okay. to six, folks, five to seven Eastern. Please uh, feel free to join us, and we will work on this, trying to get everybody to realize that, you know, we're all the authors of our own life story. That was the, the sentence my mother left with me before she passed. We are the authors of our own life oh, story. Wow. She told me That's to please impactful. write e-books. Yeah, that was a wonderful thing before she passed. And uh, also for me to make sure I kept my publishing company going, Timing Manor Books, and make sure I do e-books. So I'm trying to make my mother happy. And so, folks, if you're doing books and you want us to help you, please let us know. We're all copywriter, editors, publishers, blah, blah, blah. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow. For, uh, I'm doing my Thursday readings, tarot readings, folks. And uh, mini Richard, readings. I would love for you, you and Marcy. Mini readings. Up. You must do mini readings. Small, you understand. You're disturbing the first. Reading. Mini readings. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody that listens oh, to Oh, keep my talk. phone number, TJ. I'm sorry to talk over you. Keep my phone number. I would love to stay in touch with you. All three oh, of you are amazing. All right. Well, I'll put your number right well, here. Well, please you want. And, you know, or LinkedIn me. It's all good. Uh, I need to get a LinkedIn account. Yeah, oh, it's free. Yeah, please get, everybody, please get a professional LinkedIn because we're all independent contractors, and if you make money with with me, I have to send you a 1099, but we're all consultants, we're all authors and speakers, and we speak our books. So that was what I was saying. Then we go to events once, twice a year, depending on the ones close that are promoting our books. So, and I actually go to them and put your books on my table if you can't afford to go. Uh-huh. So we'll we'll do that again when those events happen again. But that's what we're looking forward to is an annual meeting. And we have two psychic fairs here where I live, Navarre Conference Center, so pay attention. And then there should be some more of those uh, Comic-Con type things in Pensacola at the big circle here we have in Pensacola. So love and light, everybody. I'll be here tomorrow, same time, same station. Thank you, Angela, for a wonderful job of being who you are and helping me. Thank you. So, Marcy, you are excellent, and you're always welcome. And tomorrow, if you want to come. Oh, yeah, I'll be here soon. I I have no job. (laughs) Well, Okay, well, we're going to discuss. Yeah, I'm going to tell the universe. I'm going to tell the universe that we're going to go with the United States one, two, or three dollars a minute in charge for our time, folks, not for what we can tell you that we uh, channel through the universe. But we'll start many readings tomorrow. We want you to join our team. But for right now, the world set up Patreon 
dot com for me forward slash Teresa J Morris. You go there and you look around and see the different tiers that I've set up and see if you're interested in anything I personally do. And two dollars goes a long way in our life, but we're gonna try to build a, a spiritual group, a community and uh, put you on some radio and help you build your books and hopefully represent you if you can't afford to go to the various book selling events. But that's the plan for 2021 and 2022 because that's all I've ever done is events and write books and speak and do radio shows. (laughs) It's all together. It's a plan. It's a model. And uh, it works a little bit for me, but I'm retired. It's not a full-time job. It's a hobby. And everybody is welcome to volunteer for our groups. And you'd be surprised what we pull together in these events with thousands of people that come. You'll be really pleased at some of them. So we'll let you know what the themes are and where they're going to be. But right now they're teaching classes online, which we may start doing, all of us. Uh, just let me know. All right. Uh, Richard, Marcy, we'll see you tomorrow. Is that correct? Y'all want to do Yes. Okay, love and light. We're going to cut out of here. Love and light. Namaste. 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 Namaste.